gonna go live shortly in just a minute with everything hang on for a second as I fix the thing because it started to go live to uh, Warfare Weekend <laughs> that's weird well no it isn't because I used just using the same account yeah whoops uh oh And we should be back live right now. Um, guys, if you saw that we were going live on Warfare Weekend. Ooh, I'm getting some feedback from some people. Feedback. Not me. No, John. Hold on. How's that? Hey, hey, hey. No, still uh -oh. there. Give it a second. Every time I mute, it gets all quirky. Quirky. Quirky, quickie. Uh, are you on Facebook? I'm not on Facebook currently. I mean, I can. No, oh, he asked the questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that went a little crazy. So, getting feedback? Are you good? Uh, can you hear us? I can hear you. Testing, there it goes. Testing. That sounds better. Uh, give us a second, guys. We're getting a few things. I totally forgot that. Uh... Um, I had everything on the old, uh, uh, the old, uh, Warfare Weekend one, because we were doing the Q&A on that, and totally forgot about it. No worries, I'll jump in as soon as, uh... We are live on there, by the way, so we're good to go. We'll All see. Right. Yeah, we're live on there. Jackie just jumped in. Oh, hey, Jackie. So, all right, guys, we're going to be streaming live on Facebook and on Twitch. If you're there, you can see us. It may take us just a little bit to get to Facebook questions or anything going on because uh, there is a lag between the two. Um, yep. Laggy lag. Make lag so, or something. Um, I'm going to be working on a few models. I'm be working I on some more drinks. I also will be working on a few models. I'll be working on this drink. You just keep doing you, John. <clears throat> I do. Um, I will be working on more terrain. Kathy, you working on more gobos? I am, yeah. Yep. And here. And John's gonna be helping make sure you get everything. Yeah. yeah. So Pop back and forth, make sure you guys get some chat answers. Make sure we're paying attention. Makes it easier for the painters to paint. Let's make sure Twitch guys, we're doing okay over there. Seeing it's real good. All fluffy. <laughs> the real American hero, huh? <laughs> the real American hero. Bet you hero. never thought you'd hear that. Uh, well, considering my stepfather, but he rest in peace, used to call me G.I. Joe and Rambo, uh, that's not terribly surprising. <laughs> oh, kind of crashed my chat. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Hey, Captain Scotty Fatty, welcome to the show. Hey, Scotty, how's it going? All right, so, welcome. Looks like we have the worst intro good. ever. Yeah, that was a bad one. Oh, well. We're still rambling. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, welcome to episode 66 or 65. I don't, I don't know. 65 oh, to go with. God. Yeah, I just say. I lost. One job, I mean, actually, you really have two or three. Like, or maybe four jobs. You only have four jobs, Kathy. So, I I was being quiet so that the music could play in the intro, almost as if I were a professional, but not quite. 65. 
and you guys, you guys rambled on. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. didn't. I didn't. Oh, man. We just I had a bunch of background on. noise. We had a lot of reverb. Uh, John's, when he mutes his mic, I guess, has a problem when it's coming back. So, trying to get that yeah, going. Yeah, it's happened enough. You didn't be quiet. Instead. We'll just go with that excuse. Yeah. We'll just no. Go. Actually, I've noticed that twice now. <laughs> no. We'll go for it. Anyways, uh, Christ, let's save us a gonzo. What are you drinking? Tonight, I am actually finishing off uh, a new wine. Uh, I tried this uh, wine. It was like an $8 bottle of Cabernet called the Dreaming Tree. A Dreaming Tree wine. And it's actually pretty good. So, uh, that price is uh, very low. Yeah. It actually, I mean, it is not a bad one. Uh, I'm real picky about my liquor. And, you know, cost doesn't matter, but taste does. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't matter what it costs, I mean, to a point. But as long um, as it tastes good. No, I've paid a pretty penny for alcohol before. Yeah, I know. I remember. <laughs> I've played, I paid a very pretty penny for some alcohol. Um, so a Cabernet Sauvignon is what I'm drinking tonight. Uh, Kathy, what are you drinking, or should we take wild guesses? Oh, take a wild guess, John. Uh, I don't know. Tea, you know. I mean, really, come on. <laughs> the yeah. standard? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rum. Coke. Coke, Coke. yeah. Soon Jim will make some tea for me as usual. <laughs> well, you know, if it's good, it's good. Doesn't matter, right? So, John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I have uh, Dr. Pepper and Fireball. Speaking of pretty much the usual, since I'm out of uh, orange juice, I can't make another screwdriver. And if I need to, I'll follow that up with some shots of uh, Captain Morgan Apple Smash. Apple Smash. Apple. I saw that sitting Trump. on your desk earlier. Yeah, uh, so we'll, yeah, I'm out of the... Uh, I got through the other bottle, so how to bring the next bottle up. So there you go. Um, um, I don't think we had any celebrity deaths this week either. Or any any deaths that we need to... Any, any Anything. I mean, people die, unfortunately, but yes. anything that we feel we need to uh, commemorate, but, I mean, obviously, to everyone. But nothing outrageous. Yeah. Right. Uh, so here's to you, all of our listeners. Yeah, everyone. Cheers. 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 Mm. I need to get a measuring thing so I can uh, make it the same way every time rather than just like, yeah, that seems good. Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Never hurt anybody. Ugh. So, um, business? All right, the business says, we guys, we, um, we were sitting there talking and we came up and we noticed that we've all started playing trading card games. Uh, whether they're trading or not, or whether they're collectible or not, we're still started, we've started digging into some... Uh, Games card and games. card games per se, and um, someone had asked John what he thought about the Transformer one since that's the newest one, and I was kind of curious. So instead of waiting and do all that, we decided, hey, let's turn it into a podcast because we're each taking a subject um, about the game, giving a small review of it, and then talking about different things about the card game, different thing about trading card games, um, and so we wanted to go with that. Um, so Kathy, go ahead with yours because I know that you, you know, you started pretty heavily into champions cause you're now a judge and stuff. Um, give us a breakdown of what champions is like and what it is and, you know, just a, a brief make, what makes it different than other like magic? Cause that's the, so standard. I couldn't say what makes it different because this is literally the only card game that I've been into that doesn't involve, you know, 
hearts, diamonds, clubs, and spades. Gotcha. So I I can't compare and contrast necessarily. Okay. <laughs> uh, I got into it because I was at Gen Con wandering around and went to the Games Workshop booth and they were selling it there. I'm like, oh, cool. A, uh, a, I'm sorry, I just got distracted by the chat. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to just cover that up. And, uh, oh, sure, don't work. Focus. Focus. Anyways, so... So it's it's uses the Warhammer Age of Sigmar IP. It's the the full name of it is Warhammer Age of Sigmar Champions uh, trading card game. And I'm like, well, that they have chaos, and I like chaos. Like uh, they chaos? have they have four alliances. They have chaos. They have destruction, which is uh, orcs, uh, goblins, and ogres. ogres, and they have order. Which of course, stormcast, elves, stuff like that. They have death, which of course, vampires, spirits, all the you know the undead, and of course, chaos being demons and you know, you know, uh, heretics. Really, <laughs> I, I will actually say that that's actually exactly the way it is in Warhammer: Age of Sigmar's the game. Also, funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like and that. and all the artwork they use comes from all the uh the age of sigmar art i don't know if any of it comes from the uh older fantasy art i'm not sure but uh so anyways so they have cool art uh if you're into warhammer age of sigmar then uh it'll be fun to just see that that aspect of it and they keep with the lore but there's a lot of people that came into it just because they like card games and they saw that play fusion which also makes the game Lightseekers, came out with this new game, Age of Sigmar Champions, and they're like, ooh, you know, what? Uh, what is this? And so they're coming at it from a, I've played a shit ton of card games my whole life, and here's this new one. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm, you know, I joined the Discord as soon as I, I discovered it. Uh, I joined a few Facebook groups when I discovered them because I wanted to know more about the game. I didn't want to just get these cards and then never play, you know? I wanted to learn more about the game. And so I, I joined up these different places. I learned what other people were doing. I subscribed to some, you know, YouTube channels where people were live streaming. And, uh, you know, just to, just to, to, to learn more about just card games in general. Because all these people are using all these, like, phrases that I have no idea like, I don't know what any of this stuff means. So I'm like, look, I'm a noob. Can you just explain to me what aggro is? I kind of have an idea what it might be, but, you know. Or they would, aggro was easy. Midrange and control were two concepts. I had no idea what they were talking about. So I had to have it explained to me, I'm the noob. And please explain all of this esoteric crap. <laughs> yeah, aggro was easy to, pretty easy to figure out. I was like, yeah, pretty sure that's not agricultural. <laughs> so, but yeah, control and mid-range. I was like, I, and also tempo. These are things that people who play card games are familiar with. And I don't even know that I could do justice uh, explaining it. Tempo is if you have patience, um, you can play a tempo game and I don't. So I can't. <laughs> I, I, agro Fair. is really my style. Just that's why I like chaos 
as it turns out. And Chaos was very, very aggro, and so was Destruction. And those were the two alliances that I chose to get uh, first. I didn't know that about them. I just It just worked in my favor. <laughs> and then Order and Death. Death is very control. It's very, I'm going to heal, heal. I don't care what you do to me. I'm going to mitigate your damage. I'm going to keep healing uh, until you run out of cards, basically. What uh, what's unique about the game that you can think of that um, sets it off from other games? There are only four alliances, and you can't. There's some unaligned cards, but you can't just mix alliances. You can't have a deck that is chaos and destruction, or order and destruction, or death and chaos. You can't mix the alliances, and I guess that's you know different from a lot of the other ones. I I don't know. Um, I, I play it too because you know we played a couple of games against each other uh, on the yeah. app. Um, and the thing is, it doesn't use uh, a mana system. You know, we have to yeah, a resource system. It uses um, how many cards you can play. You can't play the same card more than once. You can only play in certain slots because there's certain more areas than once the per turn. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, you only have two actions yeah. unless you have cards that specifically give you more actions. Yeah. So, jeez. Oh, I swear Jim just came into the room and just to sneeze. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're limited by what you can do, but it comes down to the combos in the game and how you do them. Because if you set certain things up, certain things happen. Uh, where you can get increased size of hand or the ability to play more cards or uh, stuff like that. There's definitely a, a synergy between different cards. Like, you take death, you have risen, you have uh, spirits. They might have a couple vampires. Beasts. They have vampires. And uh, they have mordant. Yeah, mordants. I play a mordant uh, deck. Yeah, and... and I, when I play death, I play the uh, slow, the immortal death, which is the one everybody hates. But it wins games. So you, you can't really say that it's a bad deck if it wins consistently. But it's, it's, it makes a game really long. Yeah. Because your main thing is healing up, healing up, and then kind of waiting for the other guy to run out of cards and lose that way instead of punching him in the face until he dies. So you you barely are doing damage. The the units you have deal negligible damage, and it's all about just healing from the damage that they're doing to you. Uh, so you know I can understand that there's a lot of people that would they call it bored to death. That's the uh, that's the the main deck that people use. And but it's risen or not risen. I'm sorry. It's vampires and mordant. So those are the ones that have heal healing units. Yeah. So, uh, Kathy, Verbosky uh, wants to know, what's your view on how broken Scarbrand is? He's definitely overpowered. He, There's a lot of people that are calling for uh, him to be eroded so that so that it t you have to be at lower damage for his trait to go into effect because it's really powerful. So rather than uh, be powering effect, you want it to be more of a help you come from behind sort of effect. Uh, his is just like, just like any chaos, it's all blood and sacrifice. Of course. So, <laughs> of course. If, if you get to 15 health or lower, his trait kicks in, which allows him to do way more damage when you play abilities than you normally do. 
So I think it's, what is it, plus, plus three, plus, I don't even remember. I don't have the Scarbrand card. I've only played against Scarbrand. <laughs> but I've played Ogres against him, and I've won. I've won all the games I've played Ogres against Scarbrand. So I, I believe he's beatable, but he is he is kind of overpowered because there's a lot of order death uh any other destruction that's not ogres you have to build a deck around beating scarbrand mm -hmm. instead of just building a deck and knowing that if you run across one of any number of circumstances you have a chance to win you're basically only building your deck to defeat scarbrand which well there's a little more into it than that, not even knowing the game, is that uh, the idea would be, is that deck good against other things in the meta? That uh, deck start is... start using bigger terms. That deck is definitely good against everything else in the meta. Then that's why Scarbrand's not currently broken. That's sort of the thing, the hell of being a, a game designer for a card game, is something may be broken, but if it's not broken in the meta, you can't errata it because then it becomes not worth it. Because then the ability... the the models no longer uh you know usable at all so that's sort of the balancing thing and i don't envy any of those guys no balancing of any game is a pain in the butt absolutely but so continue kathy sorry just curious yeah i think uh i think there's a lot of people that are like man i wish i could play my my sweet elf deck uh against scarbrand and beat him uh but your elf deck maybe doesn't have the burst capability at the very end of the game, because Scarbrand is, is an end game thing. Mm -hmm. Once he gets to 15 or less health, if you don't defeat them within one or two turns, they win. And you know that's a foregone conclusion. And there are many decks that people would like to play that just don't have that capability of doing 15 points of damage within one or two turns. So... On to the extra parts of this, um, did you get into the game partially because of its ability to play without the physical cards and play it uh, as an app? So I didn't even know about the app. Didn't know about the digital stuff when I bought into it. I just, my friends and I were at Gen Con. We decided to get into it. We're like, man, it, it would be fun to play with each other. And it was only when I got home and went to the website and, uh, and I saw, hey, we're going to have a digital app and you can use uh, the app to scan your booster scan cards because uh, the starter pack has a booster pack in it that has a card and you scan this card and you share it with other people so that they can scan it and then you get points towards war chests in the app when however many other people scan your card and then however many cards you scan from other people, uh, you also get points, and they get points. It's just, it's just towards uh, war chess. But the thing with the app is every card has a unique border. It's kind of like a UPC or a QR code. Mm -hmm. So you you take the app and you scan all of your cards into your app. Now the the booster share card is a different animal. That one is meant to be shared with other people. But if you post pictures of your own uh, playing cards up on the internet, as some people have found out, there's other unscrupulous people who will scan those cards, and now they own them digitally if you don't scan them first. Yeah. 
that was a big nightmare at the very beginning. People were like, hey, look at all these cards I got. Oh, I can't scan them into my thing. What happened? There were there were unboxing videos where people were showing the cards, and there were uh, bad people who had their phones at the ready and were like, pause, I'm going to scan this card. Pause, I'm going to scan this card. And they're just scanning all of this poor schlub's cards that he's unwrapping during his video before people realized that shouldn't do that you should scan your cards first and or hold your thumb over the border of the card so that it it can't be scanned yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think that's sort of why uh they're they're innovating in that and i like innovation in games and uh very pleased to see that but there are some hiccups always with innovation to be honest well yeah which i think like nobody around here plays it physically but people will play the app because technically the app is free yeah, you don't. You don't have to pay for any cards if you don't want to, but you can still play games. You're oh, not going to yeah. be great have, uh, at it. They have a crap ton of uh, digital cards. Oh yeah. Uh, but they're uh, Play Fusion. They came out with the first set. Uh, they came out with the second set in beginning of December, and it was a smaller set. And they had no organized play stuff. They they were poor at promoting the game in game stores. Uh, Nobody seemed to be able to build a community at their local game store for whatever reason. But now PlayFusion has been sending out these organized play uh, kits and is starting to do events. Their North America team is starting to be more hands-on. And after they made this announcement the other day about the organized play kits and everything, all of a sudden... There's a game store, you know, about 40 miles away from me that's like, we're running a tournament in February. And I'm like, and I'm looking at my physical cards, you know, woefully lacking uh, and going, wow, none of these are viable as a competitive deck. So I need more physical cards. <laughs> oh, guess what? I, fun. I mean, there's something to go and just playing the physical game with people and having a good time and learning stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, oh, I would way have more fun if I was playing it face-to-face with people. I do enjoy the games on the app that I've played. The The app, uh, PlayFusion, makes a bunch of fun challenges. They they appear to be really over-the-top and cheaty, but I look at them like puzzles. Yes. It's like a puzzle to be solved because you know there's a solution somehow. It's not impossible. Uh, you just have to figure out, you know which deck to use, which cards to, to put in it. Because this challenge is the same however many times you play. It's exactly the same setup. It's exactly yeah. the same champions, exactly the same cards. So you know, you know, if you play it through once and you didn't win, you know that you adjust your deck accordingly. And you get these people who are like, it's impossible I'm quitting the game because these challenges are stupid. And I'm like, I'm like I enjoy the, the puzzle of it. I enjoy the puzzle of coming up with a new configuration, you know, of cards that I might never have thought about using together in order to overcome, you know, these weird challenges that just seem really cheaty and over the top. And eventually I win. Mm. Um, I says, I think they'll be organizing tournaments through the app. There is an announcement tomorrow about Wave 3. And I did see a, that would be really cool. I did read a little bit of a press release that they gave to uh, ICV2, which is the uh, geek culture media uh, industry website. And they're talking about the, the third set. And it's all Gloom Spite Gits and Maggotkin 
and Sylvaneth. So you've got your Nurgle, you've got more goblins, you've got uh, trees. I'm sure there'll <laughs> be some of the uh, latest uh, night haunts for uh, death as well. Oh, I hope so. I hadn't even considered that yet. Well, it's four F actions. you got to release pretty much even for factions if you have those just to make sure yeah. that it has a fair income chance. I do know that it's 158 cards, though, and why that just stuck with me, I don't know. But it's 158 cards and Nurgle stuff and Gloom Spite, Goblins, Gits, Grots, whatever it is they're calling them these days. <laughs> Gloom Spite, Gits. Yeah. Uh, I am very much looking forward to see what they do. And I feel like that will only go towards balancing the meta even more. Uh, the the first wave, Gordrak was super overpowered, and destruction was it was very difficult to beat destruction, if not impossible. And with the second wave, uh, it did kind of ameliorate that a bit. And I think the third wave are going to give people a lot more tools uh, to combat the. Uh, the Gordrak situation, which is still, I'm not going to lie, is still a bit overpowered. And then also, as Fyrboski said, the, the Scarbrand situation, which a lot of people do perceive as being overpowered. Hey, okay, so let's see how that goes oh, in Game 3. So, uh, Gonzo, I think you were going to talk about a different game, though, even though you've played some Age of Sigmar Champions. Yeah, I was going to talk about Keyforge, because uh, I recently uh, bought into Keyforge, um, and was working on that, and uh, I'm going to switch over to my, my cool camera. Face cam! Yeah, switch that over. I switched that up, since I won't be painting, because I'm going to talk about this. Uh, I've been playing Keyforge for a little bit. I uh, went to my local store. They had uh, the store owner opened up a store copy of the starter box, whatever it was, and... Uh, did a quick playthrough uh, and was learning it, and I was like, mm, "This is not bad. Uh, it's it's not it, it's it's got new mechanics, uh, stuff that's different. Um, you're not dealing damage to each other. You're gaining amber to build keys, and it's about amber gaining and removing. Um, but what made this game even bigger and crazier was that you don't." Uh, get to build your cards. You don't get get to build your decks. You don't get to build. Uh, yeah. You choose it's nothing. Really collectible, or is it uh, trading, or even living? Is it? It's just, just buy there. a deck and play. Um, yeah. It is trading, but you're not trading are... cards. You're trading decks, and that's yeah. the kicker. Um, and people were worried about that, and rightfully so, because all decks are randomed. Uh, they're put together randomly. They're you know, there's some, but not always. Like, I know I've seen a deck where it says, you know, for every creature you have in play, you get XYZ, and they have, like, three creatures in the entire deck. So that card is kind of, you know, I wouldn't say worthless. That, deck, that deck's a loser. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're kind of trippy on that. But I have seen people in game stores combat that, that if you don't like a deck, they've got a leave a deck, pick up a deck area. Uh, at their store. So if you want a deck, you pick up that deck, but you have to leave a deck in return, which I think oh, is a cool little concept. Um, uh, that was an interesting thing for them to do. Um, but for the most part, um, the gameplay is a little bit different. Um, when you're playing, you have your deck comprises of three houses, uh, and each house has its own flavor and feel and such. Um, 
but you choose one house and you go, uh, one of the houses is called Dis. And it's kind of like a, you know, a, a demon type or whatever. I like uh, this house. Yeah. And so you say, I'm going to choose Dis this turn and you can play all your discards. As many as you want. All uh, your discards? Yep. Yep. Um, and all your disabilities. Um, so you have discards oh, out. You can use them, ready them, attack, you know, whatever. Uh, you don't attack a player. You attack other creatures. Um, you have abilities called uh, Reap, which means you, quote-unquote, use, un- use the tapping ability. Uh, that's, you know, whatever. Turning a card. Turning sideways. a card. Turning the card sideways. And you can gain Amber. Uh, some cards have an ability where when you do a reap, they get certain abilities. Um, it's really... Uh, and you can't play any other card unless you're chosen house that turn. Uh, there are some cards, of course, break the rules. So it says, you know, you can use another card from this ability from this house, even if it's not part of your thing. Uh, so there are some that break it. Um, but it's pretty much buy a deck and play it right there on the spot. Uh, it's kind of the fun of it in a way of seeing what you got. Uh, but there has been some problems with that. Um, problems. anytime. Yeah. <laughs> the, the biggest problem is there is a set of cards that people are really, 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 really wanting. And that's the horseman, uh, double horseman decks plus a time walk and something. I can't remember the name of the other card or time traveler. Uh, is one of the decks sold for $1,500. Um, so if you go to buy the cards, make sure, or buy a deck, make sure you pick them up and check out to make sure that the bottom isn't opened or hasn't been pre-opened and people have either resealed it or whatever, because there has been some issues with people opening up decks, seeing what's in it. Oh, this is not one that's going to make me money and putting it back. And then like putting a little bit of glue on the bottom of it and putting it back on the shelf. Um, Oh yeah. I've heard of that. So yeah, be careful. I mean, Stores, physical stores should not do that. Brick and mortar stores shouldn't do that. But be very, very wary of buying them online. Or uh, buying them like uh, Barnes and Noble. Uh, Barnes and yeah. Noble got that. Uh, I was part of the Keyforge Facebook group. And so they went to Keyforge and uh, filmed themselves walking up, and every deck had been opened up, um, which is no bueno. Um, and you see people doing that, bring it to a store employee's attention. 100%. Because. Uh, that's money. <laughs> well, it's more than money. It's just bad. Yeah, it's a, that they're they're just just unsavory. Well, they're talking about uh, you know maybe fantasy flights should be packaging them in a uh, opaque material mm-hmm. so that people can't look at yes any that of the is, cards that, that are in it. Talked about yeah. Um, it, there is people have been talking about that they start wrapping them in a, in a black so you can't see them. So you do have to open up. Um, one of the negatives that is really, really hard on people right now is, um, before we get into gameplay even deeper, is when you buy the deck, you've got a card that says what's all in the deck. Because since every deck is unique, you can't substitute cards in or take cards out. And so it says what every single card is in there. Um, say you're playing your deck and you lose one card out of that deck, the deck is worthless. Um... It is 100% worthless. You just got to throw the deck away because they will not replace the card. Um, that is such a weird thing. It is. It, it is a weird thing. key to the game. That's it the is. Problem. Yeah. I mean, I totally understand it. It doesn't stop it from being weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's so strange. Yeah, it, it's its own thing. 
Um, but I mean, it's an understandable thing because you don't want to be cheating. Um, or there has been talk that at events, someone is an asshole. And, you know, while you're, you know, letting the person, uh, cut your deck, they take a card out and throw it away on the floor or try to hide it or, you know, whatever. Oh, uh, that is filthy. It is. But I mean, we've seen, uh, when money is on oh, the yeah, line. Oh, yeah, I know how gamers can be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When money is on the line, people will, you know, do mm-hmm. what they can to win. Um, especially heavy money. Uh, oh, there was a guy in uh, a local game store's magic scene who used to hide cards underneath the felt of the, because uh, all the game tables were covered in felt. Mm-hmm. And he kind of made a little slot in the felt, and he would hide cards underneath there unbeknownst to the, uh, well, anyone, really. That's, that's lame. Yeah. Until they, uh, they discovered it. We, the we had a was, problem in the uh, the old Star Trek game where a guy would search through his deck to get a certain card out, and when he was shuffling, he would make sure a certain color of icons on top of his deck because he put it on top of his deck, and then he'd shuffle, and he'd just make sure yeah. that oh, yeah. this thumbs the card, just keeps going on top, going on top. Never would have caught him, but he got one where this one on top, and he backed it up, and I'm like, he's cheating. Yeah. And I said, look, if you flip the exact color you need to win this, you're disqualified. Yeah. And he did, and he's like, "How? Like, what's going on?" I'm like, "I saw you doing it, dude. Just no thing. I mean, you put money or prize on the table sometimes. People, it's just stupid. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, so th- that's kind of one of the negatives of everything is, you know, if you lose a card out of it, you're SOL. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know As what you're going to get. Name. Yeah. Get that too. Yeah, everything's got a unique. All the decks have a unique name, which is kind of funny because there's been some pretty hilarious ones, and then there's some. <laughs> that- yeah. Um, that you actually are outright banned and illegal to play um, oh, because they put some wrong names in the database. Did uh, did they use a, like an AI kind of name generator? Uh, it's just some, there's just a crap ton of names and it just spits out of one. I'm sure there's a program yeah. that they have that does it. But um, if you do get a banned deck, uh, you message them and they will send you two new decks in return, which is cool. Um that's the reason. That's uh, one of the one of the big negatives of it. Uh, one of the good things that I really like about the game, uh, it can be very very fast paced. Um, it um, you know what's going on. There is no my deck runs out, I lose. Um, it's all about whether you have enough cards uh, and to do the abilities. Because when you run out of cards in your deck, you just reshuffle your deck. Uh, it's got some unique mechanics. Um, to it, like you can uh, archive cards and then pull those cards out for later. Uh, but there's it's certain ways to do it. Um, you don't do damage to people. You do damage to creatures. Um, and when you do something, like cards, when you bring them out, they do something. Uh, when you fight with a card, it does something. When it you reap with a card, it does something. Uh, but it is very, very um, relevant on how you play everything. Because uh, mm-hmm. everything's about the combos so you've got, you know, Brobnar. Brobnar's about a uh, massive creature barbarian-type style, uh, beating people up, doing, you know, direct damage-type stuff. Um, and it's like, all right, I'm going to lay this card. This card immediately does two damage to all creatures. Um, but you're like, oh, wait a minute. I forgot to play this card ahead, and you play this card ahead, and every time you do a damage to a creature, you gain one amber. So it's all about the proper combos and how to put them out that makes the game real unique. Um Pretty fast. Um, you do have to have a lot of pieces. Uh, they do have some interesting rules, like you're not allowed to have dice on the board. Dice are illegal to play with. Um, and all the tokens have to be the correct color. Uh, not the correct color, 
The no. token, no. What it, they are saying that eventually they may have a new system come out where the keys, uh, the color of the keys matter. But for right now, they haven't said what or if that's going to happen. So well, when they, you're, people are making certain token sets were illegal because they weren't the right colors. Oh, I heard it not illegal. I heard people saying you should make them the same color as the keys as the original set. I heard illegal, but I mean again. Yeah. Um. But uh, you do have to have a lot of stuff to go. You have to have enough amber tokens, and you can generate a crap ton of amber. Um, you also have to have plus or minuses to stuff. Uh, damage, because damage stays on the creature, because you can attack individual creatures directly. It's not just I attack and you choose what you want to block with. No, I get to choose what I'm attacking. Um, and so you have to put damage on them. Um keys that are actually forged you have to have something to represent the keys that you've done so you uh, say it's a bit token slash uh accoutrement heavy it, it is um uh, but there are quite a few people out there that are making very reasonable sets to be uh, fair fantasy flight that's sort of their mo yeah uh our our guys uh our uh sponsors muse on minis they make a good really good set uh, that has mm -hmm. all this stuff in it um the uh, you know vanion i see that you said dice sounds so much easier to use the reason why they went away from dice is because of people bumping a die and going, oh, that was a two, wasn't it? And it was actually a one. So they're just <laughs> trying to pre-hit that off so people aren't trying to abuse that privilege. Fair. Um, yeah, they were wondering about that uh, on the health tracker and champions, too, and physical play. Like, how easy would it be for you to be, you know to bump that somewhere along the line and be like, well, I was, I was at 30, not 27. Yeah. I was going to ask, how do they handle that in champions, Kathy? Um, one they, thing I really a track that goes around the, the edge uh, of the play mat. The play mat. Okay, cool. Um, Although they do allow counters. They do allow counters in that game. If you have a counter. Um, Crimson, can't you just easily bump any sort of tracker? Uh, there are tokens that have like a plus one, plus two. So yeah, you could, but not as easy as a dice because it really sits on there. It's just a little flat token. And that one flat token has plus one on it. You bump it. Oh, I think, um, yeah, really a tracker. That's like one of those spinning, uh, you know, spinning wheel kind of, nah, I don't know how it works in Keyforge, but like just for doing health. Yeah, something that just rotates. Yeah, but things yeah. only. It can, that can get knocked too if you too too much movement. It. Yeah, but the the thing is, is in Keyforge, there's not a lot of things that have a lot of high health. So like yeah. three damage. You, can, I've seen some things get up to nine, but that's really not a lot. Um, but there, one of the things they do have that I think is interesting is when a card is like really, really super powerful, you get things called chains. And uh, I know one of them is I play this card and it clears the entire board of almost everything. Uh, all creatures, all artifacts type thing. Wow. But it gives you a chain of whatever amount, usually a chain of four. Um, and there's like this little chain tracker and it goes minus one, minus two, minus three, minus four. And whenever you get to a certain chain, um, say you've got four chains, that's still on track one. That means you're drawing one less card in your hand. Oh, so it's like a penalty? Uh, it is a penalty, uh, okay. which is a cool thing. They have talked about where uh, certain decks uh, will have chains automatically. Huh. Um, and it's rumored they haven't, they're still working on it. Uh, but like a horseman deck may have a chain of, you know, seven or whatever. Um, but that's just all up in the air still because it's still really, really new. Mm -hmm. uh, only mm -hmm. like two months, maybe three. Yeah. But it is really, yeah, it's really hard to get decks nowadays. 
local stores are maybe getting a box, not cases no. in. That, that's weird because it had such a strong start. Correct. And uh, it just seemed like there was all this buzz about it. Oh, and then yeah, it was a brand new thing. And I remember it coming out like shortly after Champions did. And so many people I knew jumped from Champions to uh, Keyforge. But it seems like kind of a similar thing is happening now with Keyforge. Do you think people are jumping towards uh, the next new no. uh, card game? Uh, no, it's just purely being able to print enough to, to send out. That's it, it's typically FFG. That's the problem in the past. Yeah. FFG is also known for not printing enough anyway, just in case it tanks. Um, and so they yeah. printed what they did and then went, oh, well, shit, let's rush a bunch out now because everybody buys them. It seemed like that's kind of what was happening with Champions, too, initially. Uh, there were so many people who were like, I went to my game store, and they were out of it. And and uh, PlayFusion themselves, if you tried ordering it from them, or if you tried ordering it on Amazon, nobody had product, and they were all waiting mm-hmm. you know, for them to, uh, to print more. Yeah. And it just seemed like such a similar situation. So literally, unless you're one of the big boys like miniatures, at a certain point you have you actually have to wait because everyone's getting all their stuff from the same handful of printers. Correct. Because they offer such a good deal on it, so a good point. There is a lead time on that. Yeah. Um, I've owned. I think I own. Uh, they also do have an app uh, that you can claim the cards because there is a, a QR code, so you can claim that deck is yours. Um, every time you claim like three. Uh, cards, you get an amber. Uh, they haven't said what they're going to be doing with that, but you can eventually you're supposed to be able to track your wins and losses with the deck um, oh. and different things. Um, and so people are saying, make sure you hide your QR code because you claim that deck. Um, I've yeah, opened... but if you claim it, other people can't claim it after you, right? Yeah, Correct. but if you hack it and you've shown the QR code, someone might claim it first. Correct, just like the old, just like Champions. Oh, sure, yeah. Oh. Um, but... Um, I've opened 17 boxes, I think, so far. You uh, crazy fool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which goes into one of our discussions, which we may not even get to because we're talking about we're these games. So. No. But um, it, it's been interesting and fun. I've, uh, I've gotten one horseman deck out of that, but I've noticed oh. that there is a trend going on that most horseman decks aren't found in your local game store, that they're mostly in Barnes & Noble. Uh, because it's right. a... That- it's a different box. Do I, don't, I don't know that they would do that. Do I don't know. Random if they got caught doing kinda... that, they would they would be burning the bridge and correct. Just, I don't. I think it's just random happenstance. I, um, I think so too. I think it's like saying that I got three uh, three Archeons in Champions because all of the Archeons were somehow uh, at that one uh, Games Workshop store that I went to at Gen Con. Well, I know that one thing for sure is the box that my local gaming store has is a completely different box than what Barnes and Noble gets. A hundred percent, completely different shape, like a totally style. different like display box. Yes, uh, like like the display box that is in the game store is like your typical Magic the Gathering box, you know, short, flat, uh, and long. And the one at Barnes and Noble is really tall. And the decks stand up and are laid down. Um, there has been disproportionate more found at Barnes and Noble than there has been at local game stores. So that has been something that uh, has but been interesting. That's not complete data, though. You're using that's... partial data to try and draw a conclusion from, and that's you, you can't do that. 
Correct, but from what I've seen and what I've shown and what people have talked about on the Keyforge Facebook group. Gigando's not worth it. It's it's not complete data. Don't worry about it. No one would be that stupid. I'm just telling you, a lot more people find them there. A lot of people, I mean, it's very easy for the human brain to to think of patterns where there aren't any in totally random circumstances. Correct. So, um, other than that, I really like the game. It's a lot of fun. It's interesting. Um, go for it. I like her. John, you got about 15 minutes. (laughs) Tell us Uh, all about Transformers. Yeah, so I'll start with the with the story. Is that I, I used to, uh, one of our locals who used to be a press ganger, uh, PG Bowie. Uh, we still call him that, even though there's no PGs because we do. <laughs> um, he started playing it, and he kept talking about it after games and stuff. And I could tell he really, really wanted someone to play. So originally, as I told Gonzo, I'm like, you know, if I can sell my Elfivar cards, I'll buy some. But I looked at the store, and the starter deck is really not that expensive, and the packs are not that bad. So I bought a couple to start, and then uh, Banion got some as well. And uh, so yeah, we started playing that. Um, so Transformers CCG is actually a collectible card game, which I said I wouldn't play again, but this means mm-hmm. I have to be better about uh, you know, how crazy I am about buying packs. Um, and it's made by Wizards of the Coast, so they can actually call it tapping cards because they have the copyright on the Oh, tap. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a Wizards of the Coast game. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they got the, the IP for it. So... It's a very simple game. It's about, basically, you make a team of 25 stars of Transformers, and each one has their own cost, and uh, you fight with your deck. Uh, The deck is actually part of it, because when you attack, you actually flip cards over, and if you get the right color icons, you either flip more cards or do more damage or get more defense. And you fight the opponent's Transformers, and whoever is the last one left with Transformers still conscious wins. So, super simple. Plays very quick. Yeah. Um, and so far it's been a hoot. It does exactly what I want a card game to do. It has deck building strategy in multiple levels because it's both the team of Transformers you have who, um, one of the cool things is they all own big cards that are foil on one side. And one of the things is every turn, basically you get, you draw a card, you can play an action, you can play a, a, an upgrade to your, one of your dudes. And you can transform from um, alt mode to bot mode or back and forth. And so all the Transformers are double-sided. They start in play. And as you change forms, you'll do different things. For example, I think Bumblebee in the basic set, if he flips a certain form, you draw a card. So you flip him, you draw a card. Flip him back, he may do something else. He may not. There's a lot of them with text, no text on one side. Or in the case of certain unfortunate fools, no text on either side. Sorry, sir. <laughs> you suck. And... Uh, so that's the basic core of it. I mean, it's very simple, and uh, you know, upgrades will give you all sorts of either bonus to attack, bonus to defense, um, or you know, bold or tough, which give you more flips. And it's it just very simple, efficient game. And reading the rules, you can tell it was built by people who really understand card games and are sort of familiar with all the ones out there because it avoids a lot of the problems I think that uh, would have actually uh, come up in a game normally. What are, what, what are the problems that you find in the card game? Um, inconsistency, sort of unbalancing stuff, you know, card draw becoming too good. That was an early magic problem where, where certain cards give you card draws or too good of bonuses for not enough downside. They mm-hmm. might have a little of that, but they think they sort of balanced it in because all the upgrades that give you a good large bonus to attack or defense tend to go away afterwards. Or they're balanced by having no or bad icons on their uh on the card 
Because when you flip a card, it could be no icon at all, and you get nothing out of it. That's, I mean, that's the worst. And some, um, if they're a little more harder to use, they might have double icons, might have single icons, might have one of each in some cases. There's a bunch out there that have a blue and an orange. They're sort of tend to be cards that don't necessarily do as much unless you combo them up. Because like every card game, um, comboing up is good. Sure. Um, but yeah, we've been just enjoying it because it's good, quick, fun, deck-building fun. Um, How fast like, is a game on the average? I don't know. We're kind of new, and we probably played our first game in 15, 20 minutes. Okay, cool. And I think as you get more used to it, or if your decks are much more offensive, they can go quicker than that. Okay. Um, but you really enjoy it. It's got a lot of your favorites, and it's not just Gen 1 Transformers, which you think you'd do in the first set. It's a wide variety of people drawn from every single uh, uh, every single you know generation of Transformers. So, You've got Optimus Prime next to someone like Flame or whoever ever heard of, who's apparently the Decepticon tra- uh, motorcycle, who's a female. No idea. So, as somebody who doesn't know much about Transformers, except for the 80s cartoon I watched after school, um, does it matter picking up this game if I didn't really know anything about Transformers before that? Um, it assumes you have some knowledge of Transformers because, I mean, if you don't, why'd you pick it up? But For the same reason that uh, other people pick champions up who had never played Warhammer. Well, I mean, if you're picking up just because it's a card game, you'll quickly become familiar. But if you're a fan, the starter deck, the Autobot starter deck, and there are currently only two starter decks. That's a weird okay. thing about the game. But the, the Autobot starter deck, which is one of the two, has Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Ironhide, and Red Alert. If you remember. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I am familiar with that. You immediately get a bunch of people you recognize, whether it be from the movies or from the cartoon, because yeah. you get Prime, Bumblebee, and Ironhide. And they all look more classic. They're not movie-verse, so Bumblebee right. is, a, is not a bug. And in fact, all the cars are generally not a specific type of car. I had, sure. they don't have to worry about. But they're all like, you issues. know, Bumblebee is a generic small sports car. And Prime's a big red rig, and, you know, Ironhide's a big sense. red sort of SUV van type of dealio. Sure. So they get the good part about, and they, uh, but, it, you know, the, the quick play and the deck building, I mean, there's a lot into it. There's already, it's been out apparently for a good six months or so almost. Yeah, didn't it come out uh, at Gen Con also? I or think just before that? Right around that area, yeah. Um, they had like a preview pack at San Diego Comic Con, I think it was, beforehand, but that pack is... Holy crap, going for a lot of money on eBay. Uh-huh. Like, a lot of money. Like, $200 for, like, four cars. And I choose life. I, I don't care about it that much. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that invested in a in a collectible card game to uh, to get the collector thing. But for those people that are interested, I have a, uh, an original foil Gordrak. Just saying. Uh, and uh, Jason Hensley, on uh, watching us on Facebook, asks... They're like 3 by 5 cards, too. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. The Transformer cards, which I'm going to grab one of right now, is, they're 3 by 5 so they're actually pretty big. And then the bot mode is all foil. Pretty. And uh, super fun. Um, and it's cool how they different in stats in different modes. So, like, in bot mode, they might be more defensive or more offensive, and then in robot mode, they might be the opposite. Um, or in some cases, you know, might be... Just way more offensive. Oh, yeah, and, and uh, as Bane says, there's the other deck they make is Metroplex, which is you start off with just Metroplex, and he is even bigger. He's, I forget, you know, half a sheet of paper size. Dang. Weird. 
Yeah, okay. he's huge. And uh, he comes with his little, uh, if you remember the toy of Metroplex, he had three little bots that are in there, Scamper, Six Gun, and um, Slammer. You know, all little guys that became part of him. And as he transforms back and forth, they, they sort of pop the, he pops those guys out to help him. And it was pretty interesting. I, we're not, no one's really sure if it's good or not, but it's really kind of cool. <laughs> And the cool thing, another cool thing is that like all the cards, all of them have costs on them. All the uh, transformers. So if you just want to take Slammer or Six Gun or Scamper in your regular decks, by all means, you can do that. I mean, they're not very good, but without Metroplex, but they're cheap. And that's sort of where the interesting of the building comes, because you can have your 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 draw deck like all set up, but then change the way you you change one transformer out for another, and it could change the way those two interact. You might need to. Uh, Change that, you know, change it up, alter some of the cards, take some out, add some in. Um, but it's very cool. It's still in its infancy since it's only one set in, sort of like Keyforge. It's still the first sure. set. Uh, second set's coming out soon. There's a bunch of spoilers. Been interested in that. Um, there's podcasts and, of course, you know, some websites and plenty of people YouTube live streaming it, throwing stuff out there for it, which is cool. Um, a lot of good deck building help, which is good. I mean, you, you need that to understand. And I mean, I'm not one to build an online deck, but having an online deck to use and look like, okay, what kind of balance of stuff is he looking at? Uh, and most of the guys I found are really good at saying why they're choosing what they choose. But, you know, first set of a card game, you're still, you know, you're, everyone's still feeling it out. But There are a few uh, really good champions, uh, live streams like that, where they just explain as they go. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I've been watching them and learning, like, and I tell them, like, in the chat, I'm like, I'm a total noob at, at uh, card games. And and this guy, the Will Hall Experience, had an entire episode towards the beginning, which was how to play the game and walking through every single part of it. Yeah, there's been a bunch of how to plays. It's very simple. I mean, the start basic starter rules are the most basic ever. In fact, don't even require you to have a hand of cards. Just Transformers beating on each other to see who wins. Oh, that's cool. Um, the advanced rules add in the playing the utilities and stuff, and it's still super easy. Um, if you're new to a card game, I would say it is recommended because it is easy to play, easy to pick up, and um, Banyan's got a deck he's been working on, and the Autobot starter deck has been giving it a run for its money. We've had some really good games back and forth with that, which I think is, generally speaking, a sign of a solid game. When the starter deck... Uh, out of the box has a chance against a constructed deck. Now neither of us have like mm -hmm. all the cards in the universe. Is it um uh, on the collectible part? Um, are they seeing like really high jacked prices on collectible stuff now? Like oh, so, this version of Optimus Prime is like super collectible and he's worth you know fifty billion dollar type thing. So kinda. And as a veteran of you know card games, I've run a couple stores in my days. Was there through the heyday of Magic of you know putting yes. prices on cards. Um, I would not say too many are horribly jacked. The ones that are super expensive are, of course, Nemesis Prime and Bumblebee Legendary Warrior because they're super rare. Okay. They're more rare than rare. Um, but they're priced, I think, reasonably considering the rarity of them. And like, what's never, the price? Um, I forget what it's like. Forty or fifty dollars, something like okay, that. Okay, so we're not talking like we're not up to the three four hundred yet, or like the outrageous. No, no, no of, that high. Uh, no. $1,800 that someone paid for a horseman deck. No, no, because okay. honestly, it's just a car character. You can probably build the deck without them. 
You can probably swap them out for another character. It might even just change the way you build it, and that's one of the cool things. And if you like the characters, there are like two or three versions of Optimus Prime. There's three versions of Bumblebee, definitely two or three now, versions of uh, Megatron. When you uh, say versions, is it? Uh, do they do different things, or is it just card art? Nope, they do different things. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the beat Bumblebee that comes in the starter set is different than uh, Bumblebee that com- that is the uh, common in the regular set, and different than Bumblebee Legendary Warrior. Oh, cool. Now, can you play more than one Bumblebee on the same in the same deck? You can play. You can't play the same exact card, but you could play multiple Bumblebees, which I don't like, but I don't make the rules. Yeah, yeah I, I was just kind of curious because uh, you know the. Well, there's yeah, it, there's something to be said for that. I mean, you. They do similar things. They're all in the same vein, but they're not exactly the same by any stretch. Yeah. Sure. Okay. But yeah, super fun. I look forward to playing some more. I'm only about, I don't know, half a dozen games in. Uh, but since Bainey, I got it too. Whenever we're bored, we can just, I mean, heck, we can get on with the podcast. I go down and play them if I wanted to. Yeah. It's... I wish I had somebody close to me uh, that I could play a card game with. It's kind of what we're doing at the game store. cars beating up on my tanks. One thing, uh, the local store, where a lot of us are playing Keyforge, and everybody just brings a deck. I'm like, uh, it's too late to start a new game of War Machine and Hordes. Hey, you want to play a game of, you know, Keyforge? Yep. See, and this is why I like uh, a card game that has an app. Because it takes me an hour to get to any of the game stores. <laughs> Same and here. And if I don't want to spend my entire day at the game store, I would have to leave during rush hour, which means it would take even longer. Yeah, that's that's no boy now. So I I just don't have a good situation for regular uh, game days for anything. So I'm actually grateful that this game has an app and an active app community and uh, Facebook groups and a Discord where you know it's it's kind of like Cheers. You know, everybody knows your name. People are pretty friendly. Yep. <laughs> Benion says, move to Maryland. Kathy, you can join us. You and hey, all the um, other people I know on the East Coast. Kathy, I did want to ask you a question about, um, because it kind of goes back into um, this before we go to media section. Do you think that them um, making the app for champions kind of ruin people getting the cards? Because you can just play the straight I, game on there? There is. There's definitely an argument to be said for... I can just sit on my couch at home in my underwear and, you know, play card games with people. But honestly, when I saw the announcement that there was a tournament at a game store an hour away from me, I was like, I need to go get, I need to go buy cards because I don't have enough physical cards in order to uh, be competitive at this tournament. I went out and bought some cards. Yeah. So uh, I guess that worked (laughs) as a business plan. Yeah, I have. I have a lot of good cards on the app, <laughs> but if I wanted to play that deck against somebody in person, if uh, in cardboard, yeah, I need to buy some cards. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of people that that play the game that have gotten into the game because they wanted to play across the table from somebody else. So uh, we intended this to be a bit more in depth than just us talking about the three card games that we tend to like. So. Uh... I think next episode, expect us to talk more about what to look for in a card game, how to know if a card game's uh, good for you, and how to not go crazy and buy all the cards in the universe for a card game. All the Easy. Cards. You don't have any money to spend on that sort of thing. That really <laughs> hampers you. I have money in credit cards, so, you know. 
I, th- I feel like I'm too responsible then. I am too responsible for that, but in any case, I, which is good <laughs> to know about myself. But oh, yeah. So that's something Manian mentions real quick about it. There's no Decepticon starters. You have to build from boosters, but you don't have to field all Autobot or all Decepticons. You can mix and match. It's all oh, okay. So really? you're, you're building your own team. Yeah, till okay. all are one. Okay. So they're not they're not just you know all inherently evil or good. They're just no. robots yep. in disguise. <laughs> Ooh, before we go anywhere. <laughs> We want to thank Jason Henley for uh, being part of our patron. Thank you so much. We will be sending you an email with all that. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason. We appreciate that. That means a lot to us. Um, so we're going to switch over to our media section uh, for the people that are new watching us um, or listening to us. Uh, this is a section where we talk about what we watched, what we did, you know, either book, movies, music, you name it. Video games, uh, we didn't ramble on about it incessantly in the pre-ramble. Uh, correct. That too. <laughs> Um, let's see. I have one, two, let's see. One, oh, two, three, four, playing, uh, five. Diablo, but I still watch 17 movies. I have five things to talk about this week. <laughs> oh my God, Hi. you guys watch so much TV. I used to watch that much TV. Um, there's not too bad. It was, there's three TV shows in there. Only one movie. I watched two movies. Mm. And I want to talk about a trailer, but I'll talk about that with one of the movies. Oh, I do want to talk about that trailer too. Yeah, it's the same trailer. Yeah. I don't have to ask. I know it's the same trailer. <laughs> well, movies are related, actually. Yes. Um, I'll go with my first one. So the first one. Um, Sci-Fi had a new TV series come out called Deadly Class. Deadly I've been Class? I about that. I, I saved the link on Facebook because I haven't had a chance to do anything with it. Yeah. Uh, Deadly Class, I guess it's based off of a comic book series where this um, guy raises high school students to be assassins. Like you do. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Like we always do. Um, right, is and this like point gross point blank? Oh, uh, it's no. different because it's the high school reunion with That's an assassin. Yeah. And uh, as an assassin. But um, they find like uh, teens that are down on their luck or whatever, homeless or whatever, and teach them how to be assassins. Um, the cool thing is it's all based pretty much in the 80s um, time period. And so you get a shit ton of awesome music. Um, and I mean, a lot of good music in it. Um, if you're not an eighties fan, you might not like it as much, but it fits. Um, but it also plays in the fact that you have no cell phones, you know, no modern technology. So the assassination stuff is pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, it only... it interesting. it's a good, it's interesting time to play to, uh, make a, uh, uh, a series in. Correct. Uh, I thought it was interesting because the kids go to school. They have to wear school uniforms. They belong to different cliques, a.k.a. gangs. Um, and uh, they go to different classes. And, of course, everybody's trying to kill everybody uh, in here. And so you've got, you know, a Yakuza style. You've got a white Aryan Nation style. You've got the rats, which are, like, don't oh belong God, to anybody. sounds horrible. Um, yeah, there's, it, it, it's game Henry wars. Rollins. Henry Rollins is actually in it. He's the teacher for poisoning. He teaches everybody how to poison people. Oh, is that like being the potions master? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and I was watching. So it's I was like, like Harry Potter for assassins. Yeah, pretty much yes. is what you could go for. Sounds it's like Harry it. Potter for assassins, um, with '80s music and '80s style and everything. Um, I was I was digging this a lot. It's there's you know there's the cliches going on about people like everything. But it's it's pretty much you could get you can compare it to 
Harry Potter meets assassins, and I like what Banyan goes dark and on crack. Um, because they poison each other, they try to kill each other. Um, there's these hidden cliques within the groups, you know, people falling in love with everybody else, you know, all this other of stuff. Course. Um, but it was actually really good. I was expecting it to be pretty boring, pretty stupid, you know. But it actually was really good. It doesn't, doesn't hurt that the music is really, really, really good, too. They play a lot of good 80s stuff. Um, you know, it's honestly, like, a good music soundtrack helps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a good soundtrack will make any movie much better than what it's supposed to be. Um, so I only watched the first episode. First episode is the only thing, only thing that's available. Uh, I give that episode, like, one space herpes. Uh, right now, but I mean, I'll give her overall after first season's ever with, but it was really, really good. Um, I highly recommend it. Go watch it. Um, if you don't like the first episode, you probably won't like the rest because that's, you can tell us what it's going to be. Um, but there's a lot of hidden agendas and hidden plots going on that we don't know about. So wait till they start showing you gratuitous boob. There could be, but it is on sci-fi. So we never I mean, know. sci-fi. So not likely gratuitous boob. They are yeah. still side boob. Mostly oh, side boob. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly side boob. Mostly side boob. I was but, just hearkening back to your whole, you know, anime oh, thing. Mentioned side boob. Banyan's in. Banyan's in. Uh, now, <laughs> but uh, it was just funny to see Henry Rollins as the poison's master as they go to class. But I highly recommend it. Oh, Henry Rollins is awesome. Yeah. Go for it. Who's next? Uh, Kathy, did you watch anything? No, not really. <laughs> just uh, the usual reruns that kind of, you know... We don't have to think about to uh, unwind before bed. Perry Mason, you know, Little Midsummer Murder. I so, didn't even watch any foreign uh, police dramas. I'm gonna send you some cool stuff that are mysteries. I think I'm gonna find uh, find a copy of an anime called They Were Eleven. That's an interesting mystery, and, and send that to you. Okay. That way you got some more mysteries, something to talk about. Benian says he's been binging Warehouse 13. So Benian's been binging everything. I've seen a few episodes of that uh, a while back, back when I was at a place where there was cable, um, and I really liked it. Oh, I think he's Netflixing it, or uh, probably Netflixing it. It's on Netflix? Yeah. Ooh. Yes, it is. All right, John, so what you got? Uh, my first one, uh, I'm going to reverse order, and you guys can try to figure out where the two connect, uh, was Lone Wolf McQuaid. Wow. Which is a Chuck Norris movie. It was on Amazon for free. Uh, I figure, what the heck? People speak highly yeah. of it as a Chuck Norris movie because they've heard of it. So because Chuck Norris movies are not exactly the symbol of quality. I'm going to be honest here. The last one I watched was The Octagon, and it was fuck awful. <laughs> uh, Lone Wolf Arcade is better than fuck awful. It is downright mediocre. Um, so Chuck Norris is, of course, the titular Lone Wolf McQuaid, JJ McQuaid, uh, who is a Texas Ranger. And, of course, Texas Rangers do That's whatever they want in Texas. Yeah, I know. This was pre-Walker Texas Ranger. Mm-hmm. This is a 1983 movie, uh, and the co-stars are um, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and a very, very young Robert Beltran, who you may remember from Star Trek Voyager as Chakotay. Oh, yeah. Um, people forget that he they were really trying to make him a big uh, act, you know, a big, reasonably-sized star in the 80s. He was in this, a couple other stuff, Night of the Comets, but he's never took off until Voyager. They took off to the Delta Quadrant and came back. Hey, yo. Any case, um, and it's basically a 
you know, it's a standard story. It is cliche as fuck. But as an 80s movie, is that really fair to say it's cliche as fuck? Because how early was it into the cliche? I mean, was it? I mean, nowadays, sure, you know. Did it invent the cliche? Probably didn't invent them, but it might have been early to the party. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like 36 years later almost. Like, is that really 36 years? Hold on. <laughs> 80 plus 30. Shit. Yeah, 36 years later. Um, you know, I mean, is it really a cliche at that point? But standard, you know, he's a text ranger. He's messing with people. They don't explain a lot of stuff. I'm going to be honest. There's like this midget who shows up, little person, sorry, whatever you want to call them, um, who just randomly shows up and is like cackling maniacally in his little, you know, mobile chair. And I'm like, what the hell is going on with that guy? Um, but the basic story is, you know, he's being a Texas Ranger in Texas. You know, he's not all nice and prim and proper like the, the captain wants all Texas Rangers to be. So he's, you know, damn it, McQuaid, I want to see you in my office. That kind of stuff. Oh, you know, That's like Starsky and Hutch? Yes. Only in Texas. But he's, you know, dirty and, you know, his truck is covered in mud because he's out there in the, the wilds, you know, man of the people. Doesn't take no shit. But the basic story is they're running guns and he's got to stop them. And in the whole thing, his daughter gets hurt. His daughter gets kidnapped afterwards. The love interest ends up being with the bad guys. I'm spoiling the movie, but it's not really spoiled. because no, So he's out for vengeance then? Out for vengeance. They kill his wolf. He doesn't take enough vengeance off that. More on that later. Um, but yeah, so overall, it was pretty enjoyable. It's not a good movie by any stretch, but... It's enjoyable. The fight scenes are fairly well choreographed. Choreographed, I would actually say for the 80s, they're well choreographed. Um, you don't really see too many scenes where like guys are sitting there doing nothing. Everyone seems to be doing their thing in the part, which is a sign of good fight choreography. Um, heck, I saw a scene from like a recent movie. I think it was The Dark Knight Rises. And in one scene, like guys are standing there to come at him one at a time. I'm like, that's a sign of bad choreography. If everyone's yeah. doing something, like jockeying for position or anything, that makes a ton of difference, not just standing there. But none of that. Um, the fight scenes are pretty decent. A lot of gunplay. It is basically a Western, just set in modern times, so you can have trucks and guns and <laughs> more interesting guns and stuff. And so he can drink beer at every opportunity. And I mean <laughs> every opportunity. At one point for the ultimate scene, they bury him alive in his truck. How does he get out of this? He pops a beer, drinks it, pours it over himself, like you do. Turns the supercharger on his truck and drives the fuck out of the grave. I can't make <laughs> I mean, up. if you're pouring <laughs> a happened. beer all over yourself, was it was it at all sexy? Nope. I'm saying yeah, no. That's I'm just disappointing that. right there. But, uh, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to give it three, uh, three space herpes. It is not a bad movie, but nowadays it doesn't really hit average action movie quality. The story's a bit... Uh, here and there, and really could have done a little punch-up. And while the action's competent, it's not what we expect today. Though, fair play to them, they had a guy hit a big tanker truck who was expecting a, an explosion. It didn't explode immediately. Fuel leaked out, and then when he tried to start the car again, the fuel caught on fire. I'm like, oh my god, they, they gave lip service to reality. That's a bonus <laughs> for you. <laughs> In any case, um, check minus it out. That's minus one space herpes, right? Well, minus like a quarter of a space herpy. They earned it back, trust me. <laughs> but So, there you go. About three space herpes. Not a bad time. Probably better movies to watch. But if you haven't seen it, it's worth a check out. Gonzo, what you got next? Um, I watched Ocean's 8. 
Uh, Ocean Day is, of course, a heist movie uh, right. based off all the other Ocean movies that have come out. Uh, Ocean's 12 and blah, 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 down the line. Uh, except for this one, it's an all-female crew. Um, with Sandra Bullock uh, as the main person. She's so-and-so, and her last name's Ocean, too. Um, I was really disappointed in this movie. Um, they tried really, really, really hard, and it totally flopped, in my opinion. Um, it, 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 to me, it seems like they did this movie just to have a, a full female crew. Uh, and, and it kind of upset me because they had some pretty good actors uh, actors in there. Um, they <laughs> the had, cast was legit. Yeah, th- th- and that's the problem. They had a great cast. Yeah, um, I usually like Sandra Bullock. I do too. Much everything. Um, but as I was watching the watching the movie, and I'm looking, I'm looking at Sandra Bullock. I'm like, something's not right here. Uh, and so I just do a quick search, uh, Ocean's Eight, because I wanted to after the movie was over. And wanted to see some stuff and, you know, just get some feedback of what, what was wrong that I was feeling. Um, and the first thing that comes up is Sandra Bullock, all the plastic surgery she had for the movie. It made her look wrong in Ocean's 8. And I was like, okay, I can understand that. But it wasn't, that wasn't the main purpose of what I was feeling. It's not that. It's just, everything was so fake in it. Um, like... We can 3D print cubic zirconians in a matter of minutes to create a necklace that's worth $150 million um, by using glasses that 3D scan the necklace in 20 seconds and do it flawlessly and perfectly. Um, And we can use a jeweler's eyepiece to see super long distance. And it was just, you, you know, you expect to disbelieve you know, on some type of form because of Hollywood, but it was like really, really bad. Uh, it didn't feel like an ocean's theme. There wasn't this cool little sweet tricks people were pulling off and super cool high stuff that you're used to the oceans movies. Um, and it was just a real letdown because they had a great cast of characters and you're expecting, you know, some good laughs some good lines, some ooh gotcha moments because you didn't know it because that's how the ocean movies are. And it yes. was just bad. Mm. Uh, and, and I hated it because, it, like I said, it was a great cast. It was just bad writing, uh, mm. bad story, bad plot, everything. And I was really let down because I love ocean movies. I love, you know, super cool heist movies that they do weird stuff, but still, you know, sort of based in reality. I love heist movies. And this was just, oh man, it was, it was awful. Uh, I mean, I caught myself looking at my phone numerous times just Uh to like, (laughs) is this going to be over yet? Uh, Excuse me. But I I was just, I highly recommend not watching it. Just got to skip it. Go to something else. Wow! Um, so Atlantic Rim? No, not um, bad as Atlantic Rim. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was three pushing a four. Okay. It, it was bad, but Let's I mean three and a half. Three and a half. We'll go three and a half. First, and Lone Wolf McQuaid. We heard <laughs> it. <laughs> and, and, and it could be that I was more disappointed than anything because it was such a good cast uh, of of people and some good named actors and some you know so on and so forth, and it was just very. It was. The story was horrible. The acting was everything was just off. Everything was bad. It, it sounds it. like one of those movies that's probably better the second time because you don't have the expectations, which I find myself a lot of times with movies. My opinion the second time around is much more lenient. 
Uh, I'm I, I'm I may do that if I if I'm like. Don't go out of your way to, but I, I deathly found ill. <laughs> deathly ill. <laughs> Stuck at home and it accidentally hits and you're like, I can't reach the remote. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't recommend it. It was it was very disappointing, and I love I've loved all the other ocean movies. I think this were maybe one of them that was just okay, but this was just bad. Three the and a half. Was okay, the other two were really good. I liked. Yeah, so skip it. Especially if you like if you like good heist movies, skip it. All right, uh, my second one is not a heist movie. It is a, another revenge flick. Uh, John Wick. Uh, since the trailer what? for John Wick 3 dropped, uh, I decided to try and watch John Wick, because why the hell not? I enjoyed the trailer for the third one, so I feel like I need to watch the first two now. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you do. So, John Wick is a, it was a revelation when it came out, because it is not shaky cam, good, well-shot action, very well choreographed. You, not a lot of scenes where guys are standing doing nothing. Guys are jockeying for position, firing, and doing stuff it's very well done movie um good action simple plot believable plot uh enjoyable characters you like all the little characters who show up that you're supposed to like and of course you hate the bad guys for being bad guys mm-hmm. um uh it's i mean come on can i can i i can probably fill the rest of our time with me just saying how amazing this movie is but it was great would have been hands down the best action movie that year if a little movie named Fury Road hadn't come out the same year and decided <laughs> to get in a fist fight for which one of you two could be best action movie of the year. Yeah, Let's just call them co-best action movie of the year. Um, man, just super good action, very good style, very interesting story and, and like world they build, which they touch upon more in two, which is also good. Um, yeah, I mean, this is what action movies should be. Mm-hmm. You can follow what's going on. Never once you're like, who just shot who? What's going on? Nope. You know exactly what's going on because it's shot so goddamn well. Yes. Um, honestly, the, the most telling is when you watch Honest Trailers. If you watch Honest Trailers for John Wick, they have a scene where they're like, wait, you're, you're making an action movie without a ton of cuts and, and, and shaky cam? How's Leslie Nielsen going how, to go through uh, another Taken movie? And they show a clip from like Taken 3 where it's like 57 cuts for him to jump a fence. Yeah, that's because he's old. I know, but you can do that better, and they do it better. And I mean, it's just really awesome. Uh, zero, no space herpes. No, I may have given it one originally. I don't fucking care. Zero. It is great. The fifteenth time I've watched it, sure we get sixteenth time. It is one of those movies you'll watch once in a while just because you want good solid action. And is it on Netflix? Uh, I don't think it is. No, I think so either. I have it on Blu-ray. I'll have to find it. It's super good. It's it's worth the monies for a purchase if that comes up. But yeah. uh, maybe you can find a two pack first and second. But uh, I don't own the second on Blu-ray. But uh, well, maybe that it's on Amazon. Might be also on, might yeah, be on Prime Video, on which is a lot cheaper. But I don't think it's free yet. But maybe this is a good time to do that because it'll drum up interest for the next one. And yeah. I'm sure, Gonzo, and I'll talk about that trailer in a couple minutes. But go ahead, Gonzo. You get to finish this out. Uh, I've got two more. Um, and I'll do my two, then we'll uh, talk about the trailer. Um, Star Trek Discovery started back this week, uh, which is the new Star Trek TV series uh, on uh, where you have to have the actual app, which I still think is a wrong thing to do because this series is really good. Um, oh, I totally would have watched it if it was on. One. Yeah, the first yeah. episode is hitting hard, fast, don't care, we're just going to do it and go with it. Um, 
it is more action-packed than your normal Star Trek. It is, you know, more uh, in-your-face, more... It, it's kind of weird because when you watch it, it's only 10 years difference from the Captain Kirk part, and which is kind of weird because, of course... Oh, really? Yeah, because it's... The the Captain Kirk ten years, uh, it's ten years before Spock and Kirk do their thing, I guess. And you're watching it, and you're like, "Oh, uh, this looks way too advanced than to be what it is back then." But of course, that was when it was filmed. That was what sixties, early seventy, you know, that type sure. of technology. So it's kind of you know weird. That's uh, the hell of doing a prequel series. That's why people are calling for a modern series, not a prequel series. Correct. Well, they, uh, yeah, they did the same thing with uh, Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it's, it's really good. Like I said, it's more in your face, uh, a little bit more action. Uh, characters are really good. Everything's been really solid. Um, can't wait to see the next one. I'm into it. I love the characters. Uh, they're new, the new, the science. Uh, there's a lady that's uh, like going to be their science officer or whatever. Uh, Redhead, I can't remember her name. Uh, and the new. Uh, first officer Suru, I think is what it is. I really love those two those two characters out of all of them. Um, they're just they just fit right. They make the show much better. Um, so highly recommend it. if you like if you like the if you liked last season, you'll really like this season so far. Um, oh. No space harpies on the first episode, and of course I'll give a full one after the season's over. Um, and we'll give the last one quick one. Uh, started watching a new series on Netflix called Sex Education. It is a British comedy uh, about high school uh, and, of course, kids learning about sex. But what sets us apart from everything is one of the kids' mother, which is played by Gillian Anderson, is a sex therapist and is very open about her sexuality and open about her sex and is blatant in front of her son. And, of course, he's all embarrassed and goes crazy with it. Um, But she's a single mother, very open, has multiple partner type thing. And it's got some really good lines in it. Uh, What I thought was interesting is all the clothes and the way it's filmed and the way people act is very 80-ish. But it is modern times. Um, And I was like, I was kind of confused. I'm like, what time period is this? Um, But the crew decided to make it, or whoever wrote it and stuff, decided to do that... um, that uh, they they decided to do it because they were paying like an homage to John Hughes movies of all you know okay. the eighties eighties you know high school flicks and you know Breakfast Club and stuff and it fits very well um, even though everybody's got cell phones and can do all that stuff um, it just feels right to put that in an eighties type feel to the uh, show uh, a little off put at first because it was kind of interesting but. I've only watched episode one, and I laugh my ass off on episode one of all the stuff that happens in there. Very inappropriate. Uh, nudity, sex, you name it. Um, a lot of fun. Jillian Anderson is hilarious. Um, talking about uh, a kid that's having ejaculation problems in front of her son. So it's just complete embarrassing fun. Hilarious comedy. High school. So on and so forth. Uh, zero space piece for that one. And I'll hold off on a full review once the season and get to binge watch it. So, John? I think that what, was uh, it. The the trailer for John Wick 3? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, come on, let's be honest. Exactly. Yeah, made you want to watch the city. Um, Lawrence Fishburne's going to be back. All the yes. players are still alive and going to be back, which is great. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I've already taken a day off at work. 
Yes. <laughs> he didn't know John Wick Day's a holiday? Well, you're not part of my local crew. John Wick Day's a holiday. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it, too. It looks like it's going to be a lot of good fun. Even some of the scenes that we've seen, you know, the, some of the action scenes we've seen so far, I'm just like, oh, did he just... Yeah, he just... Yeah, he did, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. He, he did that? Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, it's it's a ways away, like May seventeenth. Still, but man, it's 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 good to see a non superhero movie, non Star Wars movie that I'm just like excited for. Yes, I think a lot of people are because one was kind of a sleeper hit, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, this is really good. You got to see this." And then once everybody saw it, they're like, "Whoa, they're doing a two. And then everybody's and like, "Somehow two like brought it also." I mean, yeah. it wasn't wasn't a disappointment at all. Yeah, and then three, we're like, yeah, we're all in for this. Yeah, so I saw the trailer for three. It totally made me want to go out and find the first two, so. Yeah, can't wait for it. Um, So, yeah, no space herpes on that trailer. (laughs) Um, We did see another trailer this week. Uh, Did everybody see the new Spider-Man trailer? Oh, yeah. Far from home? (laughs) That was even more awesome. I thought that was really cool. Uh, new interesting take on that, that uh, Mysterio is a good guy? We put quotes no, around that? No, pretty sure he's pretending to be a good guy. Could be that too. Um, but, but he did show good guy tendencies in the trailer. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure those are all his illusions that they're... Uh, if you know Mysterio, you know he's about yep. illusions and all. I'm he's pretty sure those are illusions that he's trying to be, you know, pretend to be a good guy. Because honestly, after the fallout of whatever Avengers Endgame is, and they don't spoil it... Which is good. The only person who's dead you saw come back that you knew was dead was Peter himself. And, I mean, let's be honest, they announced they were going to do a second week before Endgame. We knew they are coming back. That's not a fucking spoiler. No. At the end of the day, we know the good guys are going to win. It's just at what cost. Correct. Uh, You know, it's not the destination that is important, they say. It's the journey. Yeah, it'll be be interesting. I'm excited for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The costumes and stuff uh, look good. Um, There are some really good lines in there already. Yes, uh, that I thought that was hilarious. Um, I think it, I think this one. I'm, I'm I'm having high hopes for this one. I hope it's going to be better than the first one. Um, my hopes are a little down on the first one. Uh, this one has got me more excited, which I'm. I glad. forgot that you didn't necessarily love the first one, which is Correct. because you're a terrible person. <laughs> I am a terrible person. Um, I didn't exactly love the first one, but yeah, I thought the first one was awesome. It had at the time the best, one of the best Marvel villains, the only one to rival Loki at the time. I mean. Since then, I mean, obviously they stepped their game up a little bit. But yeah. I mean, Marvel villains recently have been really good. Yep. So, looking forward to it. And with that, guys, we are done for the night. And we are done with this episode. For more than I'm Gonzo. I'm Kathy. <laughs> Everybody have a good night. Thank you for joining us. Check us out on Patreon. Yep. <laughs> good night. Night. It's not going. It is locked up. We're locked up while we're trying to leave. No, we're stuck here forever. No, we're stuck here forever.